Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Phil Boogie, and welcome to a a new episode of Isolation Be Like. I know y'all thought I wasn't. I wasn't coming back. I I wasn't sure, actually, that I was going to do this again. It's been on my mind. I've recorded a couple of episodes um, over the last year. It's been about 14 months since the last episode. Um, And I've recorded mostly rants because that's where I was. And I felt like I didn't want to inflict, (laughs) you know, just put all my my stuff on you. So I just recorded and put the stuff away. But I don't know. I just felt like uh, it's been in my mind to pick it back up. So I'm sitting here. The house is quiet for a minute. It is election day. Um... And uh, my husband has taken the kids to watch him vote. And I took the opportunity to sit in a darkened room and think. And think. Because thinking in silence has become such a, um, you know, a gift. Being able to have the time and the space to do it. We made it, you know, um, the whole genesis of this of this podcast was me laying in bed one day just needing to to talk and to process what was happening um or what was starting to happen um uh, with this coronavirus you know we were we we weren't even flattening the curve yet I don't think I think we hadn't made it to flattening the curve but i I knew something was was happening, so I just started to document sort of my feelings and all that kind of stuff and here we are, um, years later, on the other side, to some degree, vaccinated, boosted, all that stuff, some of us, um, and just figuring out how to be again, you know, that was a rough time, you know, I'm not going to rehash all that, but one of the things that, that really came from that is that I really, I'm already a person who likes my space. And likes to be in control and have agency of my time and my body. But the pandemic reaffirmed that. Made it very clear. How much I like um, and need um, to use my time and my energy in ways that I want to use them. And the frustration I feel. The frustration um, that I feel when I can't. When I feel like I'm doing other people's work or when I'm giving, 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 giving and not um, focusing on what my needs are. Um, I was in a position as a professor to to work from home um, all that time. And I remember when they tried to bring this back, I said no, because. We didn't need to come back. We had the structure to not come back. And we there were no, I mean, the safety measures just were stupid that they were putting into place, you know, um, just, you know, like plexiglass and in front of a desk. We're still in a box. 30 people in a box. What are you talking about? Like just some of the, it was just dumb and painting arrows on the floor. So the direction of traffic can go one way. It's still, the air is still right there. What These little neon arrows are not protecting us. So they were playing those games and I was saying, no, and you can let me go. Like, 
I'm not asking you to keep me. I'm saying no. They kept me. But I decided that I was done this time last year. Um, I just decided it was over. And one of the things, and I was actually recording a podcast um, back in August that I never posted. I was in the booth at my job. And one of my white male colleagues came in and we had not seen each other since the pandemic. But I was in a recording studio with a sign that said, do not enter, said recording. He came in and interrupted me, didn't speak um, or didn't greet me. And I walk over and first of all, I don't want to breathe his air. And he startled me because... I had been on campus for a year using that space with no one coming in because we were all at home. So I was a little startled by someone walking in the door. But when I saw it was him, I felt comfortable. And, but I was curious of why he was in there. I got my equipment out. I'm clearly recording. And he's just standing there. And then he asked me if I had permission to be at, in the studio. And I'm, I'm confused because I work here. I worked there with him. I didn't know how to quite answer that. He asked me again. Now, mind you, I'm recording audio and video in the booth a few feet away. So I have all this on tape, at least the audio of it. And he asked me this again. And I tell him I don't make a habit, essentially, of going places where I'm not supposed to be. Like, did he think I, like, broke in to make a mixtape? Like, what did you, what did you think I was doing? He looked angry and agitated, and now I'm pissed because he didn't speak. He asked me if I had papers, if I had permission from somebody to be in the studio that is inside my job, downstairs from my office, in the department in which I work. Um, it's a colleague that I knew. I was the only black professor in the space. Um, and this white man who I had never had any problems with, um, it was confusing and it pissed me off. So now I'm talking to my phone and my cameras and the, and the mic cause I'm pacing in the booth, like mad, mad talking like I was on live, but I wasn't live. I was just like, I needed to let it out because he didn't leave the booth. He didn't leave the studio. He went and rummaged through a closet, made all his noise. And I just thought it was the most impolite. Um, thing I ever seen and disrespectful. So I wrote him an email, copied my department chair and said, I don't know what was going on, but I didn't appreciate you not speaking. I didn't appreciate you asking me if I needed, if I had permission to be in a studio. Who are you? And a day later, I get this email from the dude and he's embarrassed. He's apologizing and he tells me he didn't realize it was me. Now I'm the only one, but he didn't realize it was me. He thought I was a student. That's why he asked me if I had permission to be in there. Now, it had been about a year and a half. Maybe he didn't recognize me. I'm not, I'm not challenging whether or not he's telling the truth. But you just walk in to a room. Don't introduce yourself. From his perspective, he didn't know who the hell I was. So you don't say hello to this young black male student you know, or old. I don't know if he thought I was an old ass student. I don't know. But he said he thought I was a student. So you don't walk into this stranger who you believe is a student 
who you see with microphones pointed at his face, who you see with cameras pointed at his face, who you see with a tripod and multiple computers recording, using a recording booth for what it is used, intended to be used for. You walk in past a do not enter sign, come to the booth, and you think a stranger has broken in to the campus, uh, potentially a student, to record something on their MacBooks in a booth. And you just ask them if they have permission to be here. I'm set up. I'm working. Who, Who are you? You don't introduce yourself. You don't say, uh, hello, um, I'm Professor So-and-so. Are you, are you a student here? And maybe I say, yeah, I'm working on my homework assignment or working on a project that I got to do for. Oh, okay, who's your professor? Oh, I'm Professor John is my professor. It's, okay, then you go. You just walk in. And you don't you don't really know this when you're doing it. You just walk in. Thinking that you have dominion over all spaces without introducing and demand that somebody else who's already in the motherfucking room identify themselves to you and tell you if they have permission to be in there. And that that just really messed me up. And it messed me up more that I copied my chair and he didn't say a word about it. Even after we straightened out, there was a misunderstanding. He had nothing to say. Like, well, he probably should have said hello. He probably should have asked, you know, if he thought you were a student, he might have should have asked some different questions. Right. Because I'm having some concerns about how young black male students are being treated by this person or by any of them, to be honest. And it was when I realized I had to go. Maybe not in that moment, but it was the beginning, like. Like, I have to bring my energy um, and my work um, and all the things that I do someplace else, even if it's to work for myself, even better if I'm working for myself, because I can't keep having these um, these moments with people at work um, while also sitting through 90,000 hours of diversity training and all the bullshit. So it was that. And then the provost had, you know, we had some run-ins. Um, she overstepped some bound, some boundaries. Um, the last one being attempting to, you know, take over one of my classes because a few of my students felt uncomfortable um, because they didn't, they didn't feel like they could ask me questions. But how would we know that if they haven't asked the questions? There, there wasn't a question on record. There's no one's, the policy is, you know, you want to know anything about the class, you ask a professor. But they couldn't see how that was feeding into the idea of sort of like, sort of the angry black person and all that stuff. None of which I was giving those students. But they were feeding into it by just like placating them and not examining their motives for um, going to a dean to ask a question about a classroom that they're not in versus coming to the professor who they see, who they speak to. Um, no one investigated that. Now, they talk about it in workshops. They understand it theoretically, you know, 
But when it's emotion, no, no, I'm not. I'm not that way. Um, I, you know, you know, I read Audrey Lord. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that person. You are that person. So I got free. So it's been a big year. I quit my job. No job in sight. Two months later, I got a film, directed a documentary. Um, I got an offer to direct a documentary um, about um, my alma mater, Hampton University, and Dr. William um, Harvey, who had led the university for 44 years. And um, and just like that, I had a, a job, a creative gig, and we were able to move the family down to where we needed to be for a couple of months to film. And I was able to get a crew and and just do the whole thing. I made a movie. And I got paid for those few months. The same thing I got paid for the year of teaching. It fell out of the sky. And it felt good. It felt like an affirmation that I had taken a risk and this thing opened up and, you know, (laughs) I'm waiting for the next thing to open up so we can keep paying these bills. But um, not teaching, I'm writing, I'm focusing on my creative work. And a lot of that came out of the isolation of the pandemic and the realization that tomorrow isn't promised. And the truth is today isn't promised. The next moment, the next moment isn't promised. So why are we... Why are we doing these long-term plans that are filled with misery inside um, side streets when we know what we want? You know what you want. You know what you want. Just do it. And that's kind of where I've been. And I get I, I, I have my setbacks where I kind of freak out. Um, but then something happens that reminds me, okay, stay focused. Um, so I'm working on that. You know, the fear of just like, of of that of the virus and that pandemic just kind of pushed me to just say let's appreciate every day and that's what I'm trying to do and then you know we get to the place where we're vaccinated all of a sudden the world starts to open and I'm not ready and you know I don't know how do we do this and how do you know I'm getting opportunities to do things in person these these gigs these well-paying sort of um, creative storytelling opportunities. Thankfully, you know, last summer or the summer before last, people were still willing to do the virtual thing, but then that ended. And then all of a sudden we were back outside. I did a gig this summer, um, a storytelling. I directed a, a, a program for the um, Smithsonian um, in Anacostia, um, D.C., for that museum and you know we were in close quarters and you know we wore masks and all that jazz but um you know by week two someone you know someone had COVID and um and luckily they were fine and it was the beginning of me realizing there was no way around it so you know you gotta protect yourself and just be mindful that it's just it's just gonna it, it can happen and you got to function, you got to live and just kind of getting to that place of just sort of getting back into the world, taking those steps. Um, it, it just is. It was just all. It's been draining. Right. 
but I'm doing it. Where I was a year ago is not where I am now. Moving forward. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking around and my blood pressure is through the roof. And I'm getting dizzy all the time. And I'm like, okay, what's off balance here? And the thing is, when you are um, making so many changes, you can't. You can't you can't keep all those balls in the air at once. So the career on fire. I didn't sleep really for a few months trying to make this movie, um, this film, um, and also still take care of the kids. We couldn't find help really with the kids. So I'm you know we're juggling. My husband has his own business. We're juggling our businesses. We're taking care of the kids, and I know we're, this is gonna sound we homeschool. So that thing. So it was nonstop. Turn around, gain weight, blood pressure through the roof. And I'm like, something has to give. So just recently, um, I started a program and began to really focus on, you know, my health. What came to me was that I can't do none of this if I if I'm not healthy. So I got myself into, you know, a, a sort of a fitness program, a wellness program. I got myself back into therapy for my head. I've been talking about it, but I hadn't gone. I'm back. I'm back in. And, um, you know, we'll see. And physical therapy because my joints were aching. Stuff that I knew I could address, but I just hadn't taken the time. And I just decided, i doing all this other stuff. I got time to go to a chiropractor. I got time to go get ac- acupuncture. I got time to sit for 50 minutes and talk to a therapist and I have time to go to a doctor's appointment. I have to do those things. So it's just just been pushed to just sort of getting back to doing the things that I need to do, my health, you know, take care of myself, take care of the things that I need to do so that I can be here. And then also um, focus on the things that I love and hope that those things um, blossom and, and bear fruit. So that we can survive and be comfortable. And um, and that's just where I am. Um, you know, it's, strange, it's a strange thing. And I'm not going to ramble because one of my goals for coming back was not talking forever. And I'm not even quite sure what I just talked about. I probably ramble. But you know, if you've listened, you know how this goes. But what I'm working on now, if I have to say there's a thing. Um, the season I'm I'm in now and probably what I'll, you know, talk about again at some point. If I post uh, before another 14 months, I'm going to try to post and I'm going to try to. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to do this today and we'll see what happens tomorrow. Learning how to feel good. Learning how to feel. To appreciate what's what is now has been such an important part of me getting healthy because this is the best. Like, this is it, this is good. Today is good. I'm here. Um, I can record this. I have food in the fridge. The bills are paid. Um, we're good. This is good. My blood pressure is popping. <laughs> it's good. You know, I... I that rat race of feeling like always there has to be a next thing or a bigger thing 
stepping off of that, I think has been really good for me. Um, um, in the sense that, you know, it's, it's really easy for me to feel like I've not done anything or not done enough. Um, and to put that into perspective that you can, you can get it. I worked a full-time job while also doing pre-production and some production on this documentary. Then my job ended, my, 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 my professor job ended, and I went into post-production on the film, got it done, edited it. I now have a publicity marketing team working with me, um, and I have an amazing team of people who are excited about whatever my next projects are going to be, and we're talking about that. And, um, you know, rekindled a relationship with a writing um, partner that I think is going to uh, result in something really nice pretty soon. And all of it is happening organically. Um, and I, I'm not going to say the person's name. And I got an email um, a week ago, about a week ago, out of the blue, on a day when I was having one of those moments where I was feeling like, am I going to have to go find another regular job? I got an email. I sat down and I opened up my email. And there's a, um, a message from this A-list um, actor, producer, who we all know. And it's short. And they're just saying, um, keep um, sharing your light and your work. Um, um, they said my work was amazing. Out of the blue. And I can do all the six degrees of separation on how they found, you know, my writing or my podcast or they, what they probably heard was me on The Moth as well. But it shook me because I'm minding my business saying um, this particular actor and I'll, I'll tell this story. This particular actor um, um, I had thought about for this script that I'm writing with my writing partner who I'm now working with again. And I thought, well, we're not we're never going to be able to get this person, you know, because of X, Y and Z. And it's a small film and we need to kind of be have measured expectations. So I didn't include this person's name in the proposal deck that we were putting together with potential actors because I had counted myself out from being able to actually get this person's attention to be able to book this person or that they would ever see me or us, me and my writing partner, as valuable enough to, to want to maybe work with us. Not because we can't write, but because... You know, we can recognize that the project we're working on is a is a small one. Um, you know, it'll have a nice budget, but we were thinking, you know, let's as producers, let's think realistically about how we can cast. And then maybe about four days after I had counted myself out, I got an email from that person. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I was on the toilet. I'm not going to lie. I was sitting, I sat down on the toilet. Nothing had taken place. That I sat down. I, I, I said, oh, shit. I, um, no pun intended. I, I said, oh, I meant to re- respond to this message. So I go to Gmail and I see this thing 
And I thought, hmm, what is this? I saw the person and I opened it. And nothing, like I said, nothing had gone down. I'm just sitting, sitting on the toilet like, oh, shit. It was a little bit scary, actually. Because I had just thought about this person. And I get up and I run downstairs and I show my husband the phone and he doesn't know what to say. And I'm like, I'm thinking of all the negative things. Like how and why is this real? And I, and he said, it's real. Um, your work exists in the world. Take the compliment. Take the compliment. So I went back upstairs and um, signed up for this um, system that... Um, can vet an email and a phone number <laughs> and to make sure it was real and it checks as if it's spam and I, you know, and then I did this other search that, you know, you know, background search kind of thing and nothing came up. It was, it was, because I couldn't just take the compliment. I had, you know, because I'm, I'm me. Why would this person write me? And I do believe that the universe does these little things. I have evidence of it in my life where it reminds you that you're okay and also reminds you of who you are. And I felt like, I felt that it was, it, you know, I can't go into too much because of it, but it's just the nature of the script we're writing. Um, this person and who wrote me, there was so much in the air, like the pull was there. All of it felt right. Like this person made sense for what we were doing and I shut it out. Then I got an email from this person. And I bring this up not to be like, hey, I'm getting emails from celebrities. I bring it up to say that I think and I believe that me shedding this job and and focusing on my health and trying to be more alert and be more responsive and be more present I just feel all that energy around me um, I feel like the world is and in the, the universe and people um, things are responding you know I couldn't have shot that film if I hadn't quit my job I would have had other responsibilities I would have missed out on what was a a big learning experience for me. And to be honest, you know, it took me a few months to do this, but I ain't never been paid that much in my life. In my life. One check. One check. It was my first really, really big. Um, not been paid nicely, but it's my first um, big payday. Where I felt like this is this is this is this is what I not it didn't feel like a gift it felt like this is what I this is I work I, I earned every cent of it and this is what I and this I believe that I can do this again not just for the money but I believe that what I'm doing is worth that um, but I didn't know that was coming I think when I quit I think I was like well maybe I can do a strategy and maybe I'll you know do a workshop and I'll do a no, no. Universe says you quit to make films. You quit to write. You quit to do your thing. Here, stop playing. And when I got the email last week 
from this person. I just thought, there I go again, counting myself out or not necessarily being um, as open, you know. And I heard it. I heard the universe saying, Send, put that person's name in the proposal. Stop, count, stop counting yourself out in those ways. Um, people see you. Just do the work. Um, and I just feel like it's an exciting time for me right now. And it's also frustrating. I want to be honest. Uh, because I have all this energy in me. I'm bursting with sort of this feeling of wanting to be able to create and to do. And my time is more limited than it's ever been, you know, um, with family and and other responsibilities. So just finding that balance is where I am right now. The balance between taking care of life outside of me and taking care of myself. Um, that's 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 the work for right now. It's just figuring out how not to lose this energy, this momentum. But I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to figure it out. Um, and I'm just trying to, I'm sorry, my, (laughs) my dog is upstairs cutting up. He may have knocked over the garbage can, but I'm going to, maybe that's my sign to wrap this up because I I did want to do shorter episodes. Oh my God, it sounds like he's bowling. You may be able to hear this. Welcome back to Isolation Be Like. So, and and I and I and I wrote, I got I got a residency for theater. I, I've always wanted to do a one-man show and I did it. Sit on stage for an hour. I directed a, a mini a, a film, um, got grant money to do it. People came and I made and I made money. I didn't lose any money. And the theater invited me back. I'm doing another show in April. So I say all to say that this is the world has opened up. You know. Um, and I'm excited about it, but it's opening up at a time after we've come out of so much um, sort of confusion. And I think that's what I was carrying in my body, that stress and um, of trying to figure out how to capitalize on this. Um, oh my God, I think that's my Roomba uh, upstairs. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Welcome back. If you hear it, I'm sorry, but but this is what I'm talking about. All of this, I'm in the groove and then the Roomba is upstairs raking across my hardwood floors right above my head in the one hour that I have silence because the kids are gone. This is the challenge. But I'm trying to get to the place where I can see and celebrate my choice to quit that job. I can see and celebrate that I booked this this film gig. That I can see and celebrate that I'm taking care of my health. That I can see and celebrate that I stood on stage for an hour and, and told stories. Uh, like I always wanted to do in front of an audience. I can see and celebrate that I directed uh, a film based on that, that I'm is really just sitting in my computer right now <laughs> that I need to do something with. All these things, right, that somehow I got to work on. This is the work of me and my therapist. It's like, I can do all that in a year and just survive. I'm surviving. I can do all of that 
and survive the day to day. Um, and sometimes wake up and feel like I've done nothing. Absolutely nothing. But I know that's not true. And it's been it's been good um, that I am present enough that when I get to those places that I've been able to um, to snap out or I get an email from a random A-list celebrity and it is not the excitement of like, ooh, this person's famous, but it's just like, it's the reminder you're working, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Because that's really all this is, this, I think, this life thing. Are you doing what you're supposed to do? And I think that I am. Even in recording this right now in my little office with the Roomba and my dog and the traffic outside this window, I'm doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing in this moment. I'll talk to you again soon. Okay, ma'am, the dog is barking. All right, take care, y'all. I'll talk to you later. Peace.